Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Jay. What's good? We're back to the poodle footage. (laughs) (laughs) Just go ahead and let it all out, little man. No, it it was funny at the time when I saw it, though, because I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this dude and he was getting it in. He had to do what he had to do. It is is absolutely true what what he criticizes in New York a lot, but one criticism that is 100% true is the the dog situation. What the dogs leave and the owners don't clean up is out of control. Potties. Out of control. Do you, how many bags do you carry on you when you go with walks? I don't have a dog because I'm not. I'm not in the poop collection business. Key, you got multiple. I usually, dogs. I usually take four because I double up. I double up on the bags because yeah. I just don't want the single bag. Because sometimes yeah. they have little bitty fine needle holes in the bags. Oh. oh. And oh, so you got to be careful. Get on your and hands. So oh. I double up on the bag. So I usually take about four. You yeah. know. See, my just girls be, are bothering me for a dog, and, and I just know how that's going to go, so the answer is no. They ain't you're a bad parent. Not, they ain't you're nothing. a bad parent then, Max. There's you nothing worse. No, no. You can't, no, you're a bad parent. If they, want a, no, if they want a dog, no, they have to clean up you, after you, it. Yes, that's a good clean, parent. They will clean up after it. No, no, no. How Keith, old are no, your girls, though? 12, 10, and 6. They'll clean up okay, after Okay, so you're 12 no. and you're a 10-year-old. They're old enough to clean up after the dog. There's going to be times where the dog needs to be walked, and it's going to fall on me. I'm not doing it. Not even one time. Not even one time. You're no. a bad parent. No. Always going to say is no. there's nothing worse. One eight hundred. Then when you key, call in, tell him he's a bad. Then when parent. you are walking and you number try two. to clean, <laughs> you know what? Alan? Number two is right. Uh, you know what? You know what Yates? Number two. <laughs> you know what Yates? Yates good, yeah. I number got something. Two. We talking about practice, man. Number two. <laughs> yeah, you're a bad parent, Max. I hate to say it. If you, if you, can I finish my point? Number child, two. Stop, Yates. Stop it right now. Number child. two. Is this because I was the second pick in the draft? Were you? Number one. Oh, I, I hate you, Yates. I'm done. I'm done. I'm quitting. You guys, go ahead. Lies, lies. You got it. We you are got presented pick, by Progressive Insurance. Sensitive. So, guys. You should get some golden gooses, though. Uh, I'm going to buy some golden gooses. <laughs> I, I had just, no idea golden gooses were made for men. I, I just didn't. It's a shining star and outside your shoe. I've never seen it as like masculine. I don't know. It's, it's just me. It's, it's, it's a, a shoe that when I first got my first pair of Max, I gave them away. My wife bought them and I gave them away because they look like some shoes that, that she found on the corner. I'm sorry, right. Key. Wait, you That's gave, the whole point of I them. do know this, Max. I, I know how know. much I know how much that cost. I'm, you gave them a, your wife bought them for you, Key, and you gave them away. I gave them away because they were dirty and ugly looking. Yeah, well, they're always and, dirty. That's the look. No, but this was this was I'm talking years years ago, years, not like two years. I'm talking years when they first hit the scene. Yeah, I'm like I don't want them. Look like some awesome. I can go buy me some like ripped jeans. And do that. It's like jeans yeah. with rips in the knees. I that gave, they sell I gave like them that. away. She was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, knees? "I gave them away." But now I know. Yeah, but the whole point is the reason they got rips in the knees or the golden gooses look dirty is because if you so so wear your jeans till they rip in the knees. 
See what I mean? Like, but no, I don't want to have jeans for twenty years until they rip in the knees. Well, that's well, that's you why that became fashionable them, in the first Jay. place. I, I know, but I don't want to go through that whole process. I'm not Philadelphia. I ain't the 76ers. Like, but you like the, the look, product, man. So, so it's like it's like that's that's what's known as ersatz cool. It's fake cool, right? Like the whole point of if you want your sneakers to be a little dirty, then just you know wear them a lot and don't clean them. You sound like an old man right now. That's what you're starting to sound like. No, I always felt that way. You about just keep jeans wearing your jeans the until they get ripped in their dirty. Wear for 15 years. Because, but if you like that look or else, I mean, I don't even know why you like that look. Just wear jeans that don't have holes in them, right? But if you like that look, wear them until they wear out. I'm going to wear jeans with holes in them. You're just going to buy them ripped. See, see, before you move on to, to, the, to the, I almost call them the New York Nets. Lord, Hammers. <laughs> the, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, before you move on to Brooklyn Nets, right? You said wear them until this, that, and the other. Why do it? All that sort of stuff. Yep. Why people do a lot of stuff that they don't naturally have? Because they like the look. Yeah, exactly. That's why. Yeah, no doubt. It's I, how you I'm, feel. I'm, I am pointing that out, but but people, so some people, people like the golden goose look or whatever. You got and other the Yeezys pe- on. Hey, hey Jay, you got the Yeezys on because you like the look. They make no, you, I, li- hey, I actually they make you like feel it because, like Kanye. No, they make you feel fly. Not at all. And in fact, I almost don't wear them because of that. But when the weather's not great. And I don't want anyone to notice them. They blend into the to the to the ground. That's why actually yeah, people I wear notice. People I, notice. Thanks, but I didn't. I didn't want to notice Think them. About but, it see though, Max. but now Jay is pointing a. There's a lot of people that like blue eyes, right, Max? You have blue eyes. That's right. I have to go get contacts. But I notice you don't. No, I will never, never. Well, there you have it. It's just a hypothetical conversation for Key. It's the hypothetical point for Key. Key, Oh, potties. Do you wear them to potties? Do you wear them to potties? potties? The potties? Potties. Key, the the green eyes, have you ever, have you, real talk, you know, Buying context as we look at a close-up of Max. Why you, why you hold your feet like that? Why you look because they don't reach the ground so well, don't Jay. Don't cross on these... your feet like that. Yates, get them. And I don't not like the fact that you have like on that, socks dog. either. That's just not – I just – I can't. Yeah, it's not exa- – well, actually, it's supposed to heat up, but it was like 56 degrees yeah, when I left the house this morning. socks with Yeezys. Yeah. That yeah, doesn't even – and you can't cross your you can't cross your legs on yeah, national TV. Yeah, I do TV, this man. sometimes. Like, you can't, here, look, you can show it again. You can't do. You that. can show that's it not, again because they don't reach the, the ground so well. I have to be at the edge of my seat. I'm not. That, I'm under six term, feet tall. What was that term Max said for, for fake cool? Is that what that is? I didn't yeah, know what that word was. Yeah, you got the fake cool going right now, Max. You got on Yeezys with socks. This the whole point was that the camera would never be on them actually, and I could be comfortable. But thank you. All right, can answer my question real quick? Now, now before I leave the house in the morning i gotta think about my shoes you do too, on, the, on the air on the air and stop crossing your legs man Keith, what did you say, Keith, one, one last question for you did you ever did you ever ever <laughs> buy the green contact lenses back in the day and wear Why them I ever put that was a thing back, back like that not, was a not, thing not, not not out here not for me no you always talk I about you with the green eyes i joke about having green eyes I joke about that because beautiful. Some people with blue and green eyes are so beautiful that I would be even more beautiful if I had them. Mm-hmm. I'm already beautiful, but I would be even more beautiful Jeez. if I had them. This dude, give me. A, all right, I'm done with this. Dude. Let's go. He likes the way it looks or doesn't like the way it looks. Whatever. Sorry to buy contacts back in the day. He also, you know, I noticed, was like me. Won't dye your hair or anything like that, right? No, no. Key don't worry about my hair. hair. See, there you go. Oh, he does? You, there you go, stepping in some that you shouldn't be stepping into. <laughs> Why are you messing You're with me? talking King, about oh, my hair. Now, now, I got, oh, now I have to defend Lord. myself. Don't talk about me dyeing my hair. Because I my thought hair you made, didn't. Don't talk about me I dyeing don't. my hair. Oh, I, I'm cool. I, I got some grays. I'll get rid of them yeah. real quick. You'll see when but I come why? back next Tell week. Him, 
Play that ether, Yates. Play by the that way, ether. By the way, I don't You, you know I don't why I dye my, my hair? You know why? Oh, no. Because I don't want to look a thousand years old. That's why. Hmm. Well, I, <laughs> I look exactly get, as old as I am. You got to get the gray hair eyes, and the beard man. and everything. Get, go ahead and get the context. Just go yeah, all the I way. Like, I got, yeah, wait, know, yeah, wait. Why does? Wait, hold on. Why does? How do you distinguish <laughs> between right eyes? No, but hair? Yes. I don't understand. What's <laughs> the difference? I can hit up the side of my grays on the side. Like when I go get my hair cut. Like when you see me later on on NFL Live. Yeah. Later on with Laura and Spears right. and Orlowski. Um, from four to five on ESPN, that would be great. Plug. Then, great. Then I will terrific show. While. I'm getting this taken care of on the side, mm-hmm. so the grays will be gone. Get that yeah. taper. You yeah. know, my yeah. my fro hawk will be right. It's yeah. not right yet because my barber's not open until I leave the show. Then I'm gonna get right. So when you see me later on, I'm gonna be icy. See, the only thing I'll do is ice trim beard. down the beard so the whites are less noticeable. But I'm, I won't actually dye the whites in my beard. Yeah, my wife she likes the gray. Mm-hmm. She likes the gray. I can't. I'm, uh, however, I am afflicted with a rare disease whereby I get more handsome every year. So I, you know, nothing, nothing I can really that do. Yeah. That the cross the ankles yeah. disease. Cross the ankles disease. That's true. I was. I never in my wildest dreams thought that the camera would be pointed there, but now I know. Now I've I know. Never, I've never seen feet be so uncomfortable in my life. The feet yeah, right. shied away from the camera. Yeah, right. So like, hey, quick. what are you doing? Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm crossing. Jay, I'm still not. We, we burned the segment, but I'm still not over the fact that he has on socks with Yeezy. That's right. It, it was 56 degrees when I left the house. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well. I mean, socks with Yeezys, though. Come on, man. Yeah. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max and brought to you by Straight Talk too, Wireless. I what? And you're flooding. You know, let me tell you something. This dude has, like, video cameras pointed at me. You want, you want me to send you the videotape? You, you want me to send you the videotape? I'm just telling you, Yo, And then, between 6.30 p.m. and 7 p.m., you want me to tell you what I hate? All right. KMZ, Max. Yeah. KMZ. KMZ. <laughs> oh, Yates. Oh, that, that needs to be a segment. KMZ. KMZ. No, 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 yeah, no, no, hey, no, no. Evan, that's got to be a segment, KMZ. Out of there. We don't we, – we, Keyshawn J. Willemax brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless, 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. All right. Steve Tasker joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. Good morning, Steve. Hey, guys. How are you? What's up, Task? Not much, not much. Just hanging in there, hanging in there. I, I, I'm glad this is radio because I need to visit my barber too, Key. So just keep that in the back. The profile pic looks strong, though, Tass. The profile pic looks strong that we have on camera. I like it. Well, when you you get it good when you use it for 15 years, you know. <laughs> Bills four and one, man. What what has clicked for Josh Allen in your Buffalo Bills? Well, I think there's no question. Last year, he turned the corner in a big way. Um, he's he's confident. He's got all the tools. I mean, the guy can throw it anywhere you want on the field. Um, he's been – this is his fourth year in the same offensive system with the same offensive coordinator, same play caller. Uh, he and Steph Diggs uh, have got some chemistry. So does uh, Cole Beasley. Gabriel Davis in his second year has really become kind of got pushed to the back burner this year where he played a real role last year because of Manuel Sanders coming over. 
and then and I and I thought this might happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen in such a big way. Dawson Knox took a huge step forward at tight mm-hmm. end. Um, his first couple of years, you saw flashes of what he was capable of. Uh, but you know, like last year he got COVID and he, and he tweaked a calf muscle. So it was a kind of a herky jerk. And it's the same thing as rookie year. He had the drops his rookie year. So he started working on catching the ball more consistently, worked a lot, worked long and hard at it, got a sports psychologist to get his mind right when the ball was coming in. He didn't fight it. You know how it is key. When you get some of these guys that they feel like every catch is a Super Bowl catch and they start fighting it instead of just doing what they do. He fixed all of that stuff. He's staying healthy, um, went out and started working on his craft, running better routes, and all of a sudden now they've got Dawson Knox playing like one of the best tight ends in the league. And, you know, those guys are difference makers. When you've got a really good tight end, you, it's hard to duplicate, man. It's hard to find a guy to match up. So he gives them another dimension. So all that stuff coming together has really put Josh Allen in a spot where they are humming. I mean, they are really humming. Um, I think Zach Moss's emergence here in his second year running back, he is a tough physical runner. Their running game has become more consistent. I don't think they're ever going to run the ball more than 40% of the time. They're about a 60-40 split now. They'll never run it any more than that, but when they do, man, oh, man. Um, Steve. That really put, adds a tougher dimension to their offense. Steve, when they played the Houston Texans and when they played the Dolphins, when they shut those teams out, shut those teams out, then what we saw them do to the Kansas City Chiefs, what's the difference this year about their defense as opposed to last year? It's all their front four. Um, they've got eight guys. They've got 11 guys on the roster that are playing D-line, both in defensive tackle, defensive end. They kept a ton of defensive linemen. They deactivated two defensive tackles last week, Vernon Butler and Harrison Phillips. And they had nine guys rotating through on the defensive line in Kansas City. And they've upgraded it at a number of levels. Uh, Greg Rousseau has come in as a rookie. He's enormously tall, got a ton of length. Um, he had the tipped interception the other night in Kansas City for, you know, for against Pat Mahomes. Uh, his pass rushing skills have really started to come in. And the guy sets the edge of the defense of the run game, too. Um, really been a pleasant surprise as a rookie. Uh, Starlo Tulele has come back from being opting out last year. He's a big body, big penetrator. Uh, he's a, an offensive line magnet. He can soak up a double team and split a double team if you don't do it right. Uh, that's freed up Ed Oliver to play better. Jerry Hughes is playing better even this deep into his career. Mario Addison is playing better. Their front four has taken their defense from the middle of the pack a year ago to the number one defense in the league this year. It's all the, the difference is all up front. Uh, the same, the secondary is outstanding. Don't get me wrong. Davius um, White, Michael Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Levi Wallace, and Taron Johnson um, are as good as any secondary overall in the league. But the thing that's made the biggest difference for that team has been those guys up front. Feels like talking to Steve Tasker. Um, former Buffalo Bill Great, of course, seven-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, Steve, which, 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 is, which is crazy. It's crazy. Seven-time yeah, All-Pro, seven first-team. Doesn't first make team. any sense. Yeah, we're not talking about Pro Bowl. We're talking about first-team <laughs> All-Pro. That's insane. Um, so the, the Bills were constructed in the offseason to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs, and they went out and did it. 
right? Early in the season, Chiefs have lost a couple other games too, but what do you think that does to the team moving forward? I'll say this. I was on those Bills teams in the 90s, and you know, before we went to four straight Super Bowls, there was a time, there was a game in the first, the year before we went to the first Super Bowl in 1990, where I think we were like 11 and two, or even 12 and two at one point. And we went into New York to play the Giants. You know, Lawrence Taylor, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Phil Simms, you know, uh, Carl Banks, the whole crew in New York with the Giants. And they were 11, they were exact, they had the exact same record we did. I think they were 12 and 2 as well. Uh, and we went into that team, into that game, uh, and beat that team on the road in, in that building. Uh, in that season. And we were 12 and two going into that, but I'll say this, that game proved it to us ourselves. I've never been a part. I was part of AFC championship wins, all of that stuff. None of them were as happy a locker room as it was when we beat that crew in a regular season game, because that was a game when we realized how good we were. I think that's what happened a little bit on, on Sunday night in Kansas City for the Buffalo Bills. They proved it to themselves that they'd reached a point where, yeah, they could be, play with anybody. There was no one team out there that you didn't know if you could beat. They know now, they proved it to themselves that they can beat anybody. And I think that was a big step for this team um, in Buffalo. That They proved it to themselves, not just to everybody out there. Steve, not being a homer of sort for the Buffalo Bills, but – are they at the top of the class in the AFC? Are they, and who could be the biggest threat to them? Is it Baltimore? Uh, yeah, they're up there. They, I think they, they took that mantle away from Kansas City for the moment. But I think Baltimore's up there because Baltimore has to look at, Can- at Buffalo and say, you know, they're the team that put us out of the playoffs last year. They're the team – you know, because I think Buffalo now has the target that Kansas City wore for so long. I think that uh, the L.A. Chargers are right there. Justin Herbert is the real deal. And they've got some guys that can really go offensively in L.A. Uh, I think Cleveland is there. But I think Cleveland might be one of those teams that needs to prove it to themselves like the Bills have had to. Uh, I think that Cleveland's problems are between their ears. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't think Cleveland lacks anything on the field. I just think they need to prove it to themselves and to the country. I think they've got what it takes. So I think, yeah, there's a handful of teams that have got to feel right now, you know, that, yeah, they're in the driver's seat, Buffalo, Baltimore, uh, LA, Cleveland. I think those four teams have got to think, you know what, we're better than people are giving us credit for. And we'll see what, we'll see how it shakes out. But yeah, I, th- I think Buffalo is one of those teams and those other three teams are right there with them. Steve, I'm so curious about how you would advise this team to stay focused. Because if you look at their schedule, it's pretty easy until they get to December where they then have to go obviously face a a, a pretty difficult team in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, at Titans, Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts, the Colts have not been what we expect them to have been this year. How do they stay focused? I I think you hit it on the head. I think that's a real problem. I think it's a, I mean, it's a lot. They got 12 games left. It's a long season, and I've we've seen other teams get out of the gate fast, like the Steelers last year, going eleven and zero, and stumbling to the finish and being done. It's hard to play this good, as good as the Bills are playing, 
for that long, you really kind of want to crescendo through the season and play your best football at the end, get into the tournament, and then play your best. Uh, I think that's one thing the Bills really have to contend with. They've got to keep this level up through a, a mediocre schedule for three more months. And I think that's a long stretch. I think that's one thing they're really gonna they're gonna have to really focus on doing is staying elite for that long because it's hard, man. It's hard. One guy gets injured and that changes your chemistry a little bit. Then he comes back and you kind of, you know, there, there's so many things that can happen during the season. I think the fact that the Bills have played this good this early, uh, it's, that becomes the problem. How do you stay interested? How do you stay focused? How do you stay that sharp for that long? It's really difficult. And I think the Bills are going to struggle with that at times, no question. Um, but I also think, too, they've got the guys that can do it. Um, McDermott and his staff have been outstanding at getting this team to play better and better throughout the season. Um, we'll see if, if they can do that this year. But right now, after going into Kansas City and lumping them up by 18 points, I think that's what they got to look at right now is their biggest problem. Steve Tasker, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you jumping on with us, Steve. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Guys, I appreciate it. I'm a big fan. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Seven-time first-team All-Pro. He's right. It's insane. Will the biggest threat to the Brooklyn Nets title chances be their star point guard status? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So, all right. Dr. Pepper call-in lines, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 729-3776. The question is, are the Nets favorites to win the title if they don't have Kyrie? Because Nets GM Sean Marks said the Nets have no choice but to play without Kyrie Irving. And we're going to bring in Brian Windhorst. But first, let's hear from Sean Marks. This is what he said yesterday. I think we had everything on the, on the board. We looked at everything. When you make a decision like this, it's one that you don't want to do it hastily. Uh, again, involve all the parties, uh, think about all the variety of different outcomes. I think we all know what our objective is this year and how this a decision like this may be able to fix that uh, ultimate objective. So they're never easy decisions. Uh, but in the, the day, I think we're looking at putting a group of people out there that are, are, are going to be able to participate fully. And that's where this comes down to. And we're, we're not looking for uh, partners that are going to be, you know, halftime. I don't think that would be fair, uh, not only on the team and staff and ownership and fans, but to be quite frank, not fair on Kyrie either. And Brian Windhorse joins the show now. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. How are you doing? What's, uh, what's your reaction to how things are playing out between the Nets and Kyrie? 
Yeah, and I'm, I mean, you know, Jay has insight into this organization uh, more than the average person. But I would say that um, it's unlikely to me that this decision doesn't come with the support of Kevin Durant. Now, Sean Marks was obviously asked about that yesterday, and he made it clear that this was a decision that was a final choice by the owner, Joe Sy, and himself, the general manager. Um, but they had a path forward where they could have tried this with Kyrie, especially after the the change to the law and that they would have allowed him to practice. That would have at least given them a chance to work together and not had him going through, you know, 10, 12 days at a time, depending on how the schedule went, where they couldn't put their hands on him. They couldn't see him together. I mean, it's not an ideal way to play, but, you know, if it was something that, you know, Durant and Harden said, we've got to do this, I think the Nets, based on the way they've made decisions in the past, would have. So we haven't heard from Kevin and, and James yet, but to me, that's the big takeaway because there's really been no bigger ally in the NBA over the last few years for Kyrie than Durant. And so if this is a, a crossing of the Rubicon there, I think that's important to note. Brian, I heard you on one of the shows, I forget, because you're on so many these days uh, breaking down things, but you hit the nail right on the head because it would just disrupt the style in which they played. And, and you know this, just like doing TV, it's all about reps. So those reps that you would get for Patty Mills or Joe Harris, all these other players, all of a sudden those, those reps become limited when Kyrie's on the floor uh, for you know spotty amounts of time. The, the question that I found myself thinking about a ton is talking to some GMs across the league, a lot of people are extremely hesitant to make a trade for Kyrie, not sure if he's going to retire, even if he does have availability to play other places other than Brooklyn. So it leaves to bear the question for this organization, what the hell do you do? Do you just sit in your hands for a year and hope that somewhat the laws change in time? What would you, what would you say they're going to do? Well, let's just talk about the, the trade concept for a second, because I know that that's where fans would kind of go to here. Um, and so first off, you have to realize Kyrie only has one year left on his contract. He has a player option he can pick up. But if you're going to trade for a guy like Kyrie, especially if you're going to trade for him in a place where he may not necessarily want to stay, um, you know, he picked Brooklyn for a reason, you face the reality that he could opt out of his contract and leave, whether that's to go uh, be on a commune somewhere or whether that's to go sign with another team. So when you, when you make an offer, I mean, let's just say hypothetically he was available. <clears throat> you can't offer a kind of package that would indicate you're getting a player for multiple years. This is the exact inverse of Ben Simmons. This is why the Ben Simmons trade would be a, a fascinating one. Ben Simmons has four years guaranteed, no opt-outs. If you traded for Ben Simmons, you know that he'd be there, um, assuming he reports. Um, and so uh, the, the risk for a player, of training a player like Kyrie, even in the, in the best of times with one year on his contract, is very high. And then you have the reality that, let's say he gets traded somewhere where there's um, a city government or a, a county government that may enact its own vaccine mandate, where you might end up exactly in this situation that the, net, that the Nets are in. So really, the Kyrie only really, in my view, has three ways forward, two of them likely. One, he gets vaccinated and rejoins his team, which seems unlikely at this point. Two, he waits for the conditions to, to, to change with COVID, for the Delta variant to pass us and no other variant to come, and New York relaxes the mandate. There is going to be a mayoral change in New York coming up. Maybe something like that happens there. Or three, he could retire. I think that's unlikely. But, um, uh, you know, that's, that's really the, the hand here. I don't think the trade it makes a lot of sense. Wendy, what will the Nets do, though, in the time being, until he returns, what's their what? What are they going to do to move things forward? 
well, they're going to deploy two uh, MVPs, <laughs> which is a pretty nice thing to have. And, you know, uh, in the offseason, I thought they made a great signing, uh, signing Patty Mills. Now, let's be clear here. Patty Mills is not Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, Patty Mills is a you know high-level backup, a starter for, you know, a handful of teams in the league. And so um, you have a guy, whether they start him or not, uh, without Kyrie, we'll see. But you have a guy who you can play 25, 30 minutes and know he can play a high level. And they've got a bunch of veterans on this team. They've got a bunch of shooting on this team. They are still going to be very, very potent. Certainly a championship-level, championship-contending team without Kyrie. So I think they're going to end up doing a lot of winning. But look, if you want to win at the highest level in the NBA, you go out there and look at the best teams, you need all your firepower. And this team was designed to compete for championships with Kyrie Irving. So they're not the same team without him, but they're because especially that they have Patty Mills, they're going to be a very good team no matter how long he stays away. So a lot of people, speaking of championship contending teams, the Philadelphia 76ers over the last couple of days has been saying, hey, Ben Simmons is reporting to camp. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers said, I might have to call Woj to get on top of that one. But I heard something interesting yesterday, Wendy, that I want your opinion on, because a lot of people say, well, he's going to camp. Just because you're going to camp doesn't mean that you're actually going to participate and play. Um, have you heard anything about what's evolving with that situation? Well, again, there's two things we have to watch. First off, Ramona Shelburne, uh, my colleague, uh, reported that Ben is going to be in health and safety protocols until Friday. He can't join team practice till Friday. Now, that implies, and I want to stress the word implies, that he is not fully vaccinated because under the protocols that the league has, if you are fully vaccinated, you you can pass one test and then join the team. He took a test on Monday. If he passed that and when met those protocols, he could theoretically join the team's practice today. So does not necessarily mean that he hasn't received part vaccination or has received a shot and is waiting for it? But that's a factor. And if he can't rejoin the team until Saturday, that may delay his return. So that's a procedural thing. But what, the, what I think you're really asking, Jay, is, a, is the best question, which is what kind of Ben Simmons are we going to see here? How is, what is the next step in this poker game? Does he show up and go Jimmy Butler? Does he show up and you know, play sort of half speed? Does he show up and say, I don't want to play at all? Because this really turned into an NFL-style holdout during this process with Simmons having a contract and not showing up, that's an NFL thing with the Sixers withholding money and putting it in escrow and finding that escrow. That's an NFL thing. And an NFL thing recently for players to fight back is to hold in where they come, but don't actually play. Now I don't have an indication of what Ben is going to do. And I don't even know if the Sixers know what Ben is going to do, but the big thing is what type of Ben Simmons will we see when he has fully rejoined his team. I know a lot of people are focused on the fan reaction and maybe even the player reaction. That will definitely be a story for a day or two, but ultimately it's going to come down to how Ben Simmons is on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. That is Brian Windhorst. You know him, ESPN, NBA insider, host of Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collection podcast. Thanks, Wendy. Appreciate it. Great pod, Wendy. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Take care. Mm -hmm. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. The Jets are on a bye week, which could help their quarterback. What's that? They need two buys. (laughs) But uh, first-year coach Robert Sala, Key, is not concerned. Here's coach at, at the presser on Monday. It's not easy being a rookie quarterback. It never will be. It never has, never will be. If you look at, I'll just throw a guy out there, Josh Allen, who everyone wanted to throw away after his first two years. His first five games of his rookie year are damn near identical to what our young kid's going through. So he's going to get better. He's got tremendous arm talent. He, he goes through things the right way. And, and uh, I know it can be frustrating sometimes when we're looking at some of these things. It's like, God, he should be making these throws. But uh, it's going to start clicking. I agree. I agree with him as far as it's not easy for a rookie quarterback. And I agree with him. Just take a look at Josh Allen. I agree to all that. The difference is you got a coach in Sean McDermott and a general manager in Brandon Bean, who I got a lot of high regard for and big time respect for because he understands what it takes to, to build a championship winning type team. He spent some time in Carolina with, their former general manager, and Marty Herney. So he kind of learned under Marty. He was a scout to a degree, then he moved his way up in the organization, became the general manager of the Bills. And as Josh Allen, he drafted Josh Allen and moved into a certain situation, he realized that Josh Allen couldn't fully develop under Brian Dable unless they got some pieces around him. And every single year, what is it that he does? He continues to bring a piece whether it's Emmanuel Sanders or trading for Stephon Diggs or Singletary in the backfield or Zach Moss in the backfield or, or, or Knox at the tight end position. I mean, you, they continue, Cole Beasley, they continue to start developing him and building something. Until Joe Douglas starts to show me that, I'm going to also think that they're putting him in the same position that they had Sam Darnold in, which was a failed position because they did not build around him at the level in which you would like to see your future quarterback be in. I've never seen a team draft a quarterback and at the same time not build around him and then three years later move on from him because they say he can't play and he's the problem. This could be a second wave if they don't get it done with Zach Wilson. Key, can I go off for a second? I am so damn tired of comparisons. You know, Every time I had to do the NBA draft, it was like, well, who's this comp? And then you had to give somebody that you had to compare him to or you had to blend two players together to compare him to. Let me tell you why I'm tired of comparisons. I've heard Tony Romo 
compare Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. You know what that does? That sets unfair expectations for Zach Wilson. Now I hear Robert Sala, even though I know he's giving you an analogy about how to be patient, compare him to, well, Josh Allen, a guy that finished second in the MVP voting last year. No more comparisons. Instead of saying any comparisons, just start saying we need to practice patience with our young quarterback. You know why? His QBR is 31st in the league. There are 32 teams in the damn league. Okay? Like he's, he leads the league in interceptions. So let's just start practicing that. Well, like create a long runway, Max, instead of throwing these big time. I don't compare John Ross to Tyreek Hill just because they're both fast. I don't mind. I, don't do I understand what you mean about setting expectations with comparisons. I don't mind comparisons sometimes, but let's take this one specifically, Key and Jay, okay? When someone invokes Josh Allen's name, they're bringing up a best-case scenario. It did not have to work out this way for Josh Allen, and Thank he you. just took you through every step of the way how they helped him, but also he was special. You know, they drafted a big, strong, mobile quarterback with a big arm for cold weather, right? Then Josh Allen was the kind of guy who was improving every year. He had that inside him, too. And Josh Allen is a best-case scenario. He got more accurate every year. He's never an accurate passer, even in college. He got better and better and better in a perfect situation. So, so when you invoke Josh Allen's name, really you're saying, here is a best-case scenario for what can happen, Key. Yeah, it, it, it is, but here's what I would tell you, Max and Jay. This is a copycat league that we play in. We, we steal each other's stuff. We design each other's plays, and it, it looks different to you guys' eyes, right, because there's a different body that's doing things. And when you compare Josh Allen to or, or Zach Wilson to Josh Allen, Zach Wilson can't do the same things Josh Allen can do. He can't do the same things Lamar Jackson can do. Mm-hmm. But Josh Allen can do the same things Lamar Jackson can do. And what I mean by that and why I'm taking you down this road is because if you if you understand football and you know the game of football and the plays and, and the personnel groupings and designs and things of that nature, I would say 70% of the Buffalo Bills game plan against the Kansas City Chiefs was the same game plan that the Baltimore Ravens used against the Kansas City Chiefs. The only difference is your eyes tell you it wasn't because of the body type of Josh Allen versus the body type of Lamar Jackson. But that goes to show you he has a competent coach in Brian Dable that says, oh, here's how we beat them. Our guy could do this. How can we do it? Well, we got a Stephon Diggs. We got a we got a Hollywood Brown. We got a Lamar Jackson. We got a Knox. We got an Andrews. Oh, okay. These guys are all comparable. So they took that same game plan and applied it in the Kansas City game that Baltimore had and went out. The design runs that you see Josh Allen running, those were the same design runs that Lamar was running. The same exact ones. It just looked different because of body type. And it wasn't as slick and smooth and, you know, like Lamar. But it was the same damn thing. So if Robin, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas can implement and start coaching that way, he might be able to turn out to be something, and especially if you go out and you get some pieces to add around him. But if you don't, you'll be drafting somebody else in three to four years. 
And what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's what we've been watching. And expecting a different result. Exactly. Yeah. That's a definition of insanity. I think that was Einstein's definition of insanity. Pretty good example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, I hear you, Key, about what the Jets need to do. But let's say they do all those things, right? You just said, look, Josh Allen can do a lot of the same things that Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes can do. Zach Wilson cannot, right? Zach Wilson is a fundamentally different kind of player, is he not? Well, you, you got to know what you have. You, got to, you identified that. You made the decision to move on from Sam because you've identified Zach as the next guy. You didn't identify Justin Fields or Trey Lance you, you said, or, or Mac Jones. You said Zach Wilson's our guy at number two. And so now you just got to build around him and coach him up. You'll know, you will know next year, if they got the right coaching staff, trust me on that. So much of when teams complain about their draft, the draft is half the game, and then development, drafting and development, right? You got to develop your players. You got to develop the team around them to help them. Dr. Pepper calling line, say ESPN, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.